0: Well, good morning, everyone. Good uh, That was uh, an exhausting time of worship, but wasn't it good to just be together and be in his presence? Hope you're all well. Hope you've all uh, had a good week. If you haven't, uh, Jesus is here. He knows. Uh, like Stefan's prayer earlier, he knows everything about the detail of your life and what's going on. And it's just good to uh, be together, isn't it? Um, you've had a good week. I've had a bit of an upsetting week this week. Uh, you know, as you get older, occasionally your age just slaps you across the face. And um, for the first time, I had a, not first time I've had a technical problem with a computer of mine. I had to get one of my children to fix it for me. <laughs> age slapped me across the face, and then I was. Um, In a supermarket this week i was actually buying medical supply things for the the uh, drop that this week and i was on one of those self-service checkouts and i had to have um someone to come confirm it and she does her little things and there's a thing there it says uh, customer clearly over the age of 25, she didn't even look at me, <laughs> press the button, and then you know I tried to bring the joy with me wherever I go and I sort of nudged her and went, oh, not clearly over 25, and she just didn't even look at me. <laughs> anyway, slap again age across the face, but I am grateful today for the promise of our resurrected bodies yeah. and minds. Yeah. I hope that's got you in the kind of mood for it today, what we've been singing about, those words in those songs preparing us for eternity. Yeah. He's the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. Um, actually, we were t- toying with whether we called it this series, the alpha and omega, or beginning and ends, um, but uh, we went for Origins because it was, you know, it's a bit more catchy. So, uh, uh, yes, and do, do pray for us this week as we go to uh, Krakow in Poland. There's two vans going, one from Walpington and one from Sevenoaks. Uh, we took a load of stuff there uh, on Thursday night. and um, so, But the, the, the need continues, so please keep dropping stuff off. If you want to donate financially as well to support the cost of hiring vans and uh, ferry crossings and stuff like that, then that would be really grateful as well. Um, but can I just say, we did really well the first time, so this, this will be the second time there's been some vans go out from Wilmington and Seven Oaks. Uh, we did really well the first time. We did okay this time, but I feel like we could do better. I, I wonder if we should have some sort of competition between the connect groups. I like a bit of competition. Maybe what connect group could get the most stuff? I mean, we all want to win that game, don't we? Or is that just me? As well? Okay. I like a bit of competition. Um... But maybe we could do that, a bit of competition. Who's the best, no, not who's the best, who can get the most stuff uh, for Ukraine. So like Adam said, we're going again on the 9th. Uh, But today, we are diving back into our Origin series. Uh, We are diving back into Revelation today. So be prepared for what is coming. Um, And we've started this year looking at this series of who we are who we are in God, who we are supposed to be with his original design, who we are as man and woman, marriage, covenant relationships. And uh, we've now started Revelation. Why don't we just pray for a moment? Our worship has not finished, just in case you were wondering. As we dive into the word of God, this is worship as well. Let's just ask the Spirit to come and speak to us this morning and help us and guide us. Just still ourselves before him this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Will you open our eyes this morning, open the eyes of our heart to your word today, Jesus. Lord, I pray will you stir us up and speak to us. Lord, Help, help us have open hearts to what your word wants to say to us today. In Jesus' name amen amen some of what we're looking at actually is the most difficult controversial parts of the bible the beginning then creation and the end how it's all going to end but we take the bible seriously here and we want to know the word of god and we want it to challenge us we want it to really help us and apply it to our lives And we, as elders, want you to take the Word of God seriously as well. Be washed in the Word of God. Let it challenge you. Let it provoke you. Let it provoke you into mission. And and part of that, we actually have some new books on the bookstore. Um, We've got this by Tim Chester, Revelation for You. This is a great series of books they do, Judges. All all the books of the Bible, really, for you. Really helpful and applicable. Tim Chester, I think that's £10.00. Uh, on the bookstore, and then we've got this study book as well that sort of supplements it as well. That we're going to start doing in Connect Groups as well, and that's three pounds. That's actually probably be really helpful if you have that to supplement that as well. Emma, who is uh, runs the bookstore for us, Emma, why don't you stand up so we all know who Emma is? <laughs> you get to talk to the lovely Emma as well as you buy your book, so uh, double whammy. But I just really encourage you to. But I'd love for those books to be sold out actually by this today. That would be good. And I don't want to send any back, so um, I'd be really pleased if they were sold out. So why don't you get yourself one of those, £10 and £3. Um, last time Adam gave us an overview of Revelation. Do you remember that? It was the week before Easter. They do, Adam. They do, they do remember it. Uh, he helped us understand about the context in which it was written That uh, it's important for us to understand that it cannot mean to us what it did not mean to the original audience um, how it was written to encourage a people in persecution and to encourage and lift their eyes at the promise of eternity and a new heaven and new earth. And we're, we're reading this book now not because we seem like the end is nigh, although it is coming This book has always been needed for the church. You know, we don't think because of the the pandemic and the war in Ukraine, oh, it's all coming. We don't think, you know, masks and the vaccine are the mark of the beast. No, we don't think that. But this book has always been needed. There are other places in the world, other times in history, where people have faced far worse persecution than what we are facing in this country right now. It's likely that... Um, John, who wrote the book, is probably the only uh, one left alive out of the disciples who had not been killed for their faith. It's actually this book has kind of been stolen from the church over the years because there's a lot of weirdness in it, weird things in it, lots of imagery. But we should remember that often we learn better through imagery. So to seek, we need to seek to understand this imagery and what it represents. Sadly though, it can be left alone because of the weirdness and uh, Christians tend to get their theology of this book from kind of cheesy Christian films made in the 80s and 90s. They have got better actually, haven't they? Christian films, anyone watch Christian films? Yeah. Okay, there's four of you watch Christian films. Anyone got a favorite? Faith loves a good Christian film, don't you? What's your favorite? Fave. Yes, that's on my list. God's Not Dead, that's yes. quite good. And the, the, the uh, sequel, imaginatively named God's Not Dead 2, that's quite good as well. <laughs> or, uh, what about Faith Like Potatoes? Anyone like Faith? South Africans got to like Faith Like Potatoes, Something. not they? Oh, it's a great film, I love Faith Like Potatoes. Yes, it's a, it's a great film. Faith Like Potatoes is also a really good Christian film. Anyway, Revelation is for us now too. To get a little impression occasionally. Um, Hopefully, I haven't insulted all of my African friends. Anyway, as it was for the original audience, it is for us now. It's helpful to see beyond this life, this what's happening right now. This was revealed, it's about hope of which is to come. This should stir us up actually into a war like mentality because we are in a battle. We are in a battle right now. Whether you realise it or not, there is a battle on for your soul. And actually in the, in the West, in the church in the West, often there's a battle for our attention, about where we spend our time, what we spend our time thinking about, what you're doing. There's a battle going on for our concentration. We can literally lose hours of our time Staring at meaningless videos and memes, photos, watching silly TV programs. And I pray that as we read this, as you buy the book and study it in your own time, we will awaken to the spiritual realities that we are in. So we're going to read from Revelation. We're going to read the whole of Revelation chapter 1 today. I'm going to break it up into little bit bits. Uh, The first part we're going to read, Revelation chapter 1, verses 1, 2, 3. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. So, straight away we see this is a revelation, an unveiling. It's like a peeling back of the curtain from Jesus to John. And those who read it will be blessed. And those who hear it will be blessed. Blessed. I like participation, by the way, so you can be a bit more enthusiastic that if you like. We will be blessed as we read this book. It's not to put fear into us, but to give us hope that we are on the winning side. So when we think about the future, we can walk with confidence because Christ, the victor, walks with you. We should take this word seriously. The word of God. A blessing comes from the authority of the book. We're to take seriously the teaching from God. How we should live our lives and learn from Jesus' teachings in the New Testament. We're also to understand what this is. He says it's a prophecy. It's also a letter, but it's a prophecy of what is to come. So blessing comes when we read, when we hear, and when we keep it in our heart. And when he talks about the time is near, this the time is near is relating, it means the whole period and the, the last days, which is between Jesus' resurrection and his second coming. And yeah. the New Testament several references to the last day is with that perspective. And it isn't until the last chapters of Revelation it deals with the final day of the last days. So we're blessed as we read this. Now, as I said, it's good to be active as we listen and read the word of God. So I'd ask you to stand as we read this next section. I know this is unusual, isn't it? You've you've just got comfortable in your seats. We're going to stand, and as the words come up on the screen, we can read it out loud as well. Because actually, what happens when we do this, we will be blessed. blessed. And as we hear it, we will be Blessed. blessed. So why don't we all read it together. I'll be loudest because I've got a microphone and you haven't. But let's read this together. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the David, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him, to him who loves us, and has, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and, and has and made us to be a kingdom and a to, to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power for ever and ever. Amen. Lord, Look, he is, he is coming, coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him, him, and all the peoples on earth will mourn because of him. him. So shall it be. Amen. Amen i am the alpha and the omega says the lord who is and who was and who is to come the almighty well done you can sit down i'm impressed you can all read well done firstly there is such encouragement to be had from this section firstly john is addressing the seven churches And this message is from the amazing God who is eternal, who is and who was and who is to come. We see the seven spirits representing the Holy Spirit. The number seven is kind of meaning the perfect number. It speaks of fullness. We see Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead. The same word in the Greek used by Paul in Colossians 1.15, using the same term. This is... Uh, misinterpreted by Jehovah's Witnesses who believe God created Jesus because of the expression firstborn. But what this actually means is that Jesus, through his resurrection, is the first of this kind of new species, if you like, if you like of humans that have been raised through his death and resurrection. His resurrection becomes us. Yeah. It's a well-known statistic. One in one die. We are all going to die and leave this earth one day but because of the risen jesus who has started this new race he is risen forever and we get to share in that he can we also can know that he loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood such truth such encouragement and we the church the people of god are described as a loved people That's quite good, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And we are now made to be a kingdom of priests, fulfilling God's intentional plan for his people. We are to be like the Israelites in Exodus, who were given a promise from God, and he brought them out of slavery of Egypt. In Exodus 19, it says... uh, from verses five to six, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And the people at first, the Israelites, went along with this great promise, but sin and rebellion meant that people refused to live in the good of this promise. And throughout the Old Testament, it's just a record of disaster. Uh, one after another as God's people constantly rebel against him. They at first thought it would be a return to the priesthood and rulership of the first Adam, but they went their own way. And now we see in Revelation the second Adam, Jesus, who came as the perfect prophet, priest and king. He has purchased a people with his blood and these people are drawn from every tribe and tongue and nation and to be a people to fulfill God's original intention. The church, this church, a loved people, is not just about one nation. It's about a multitude which runs through this whole apocalyptic vision that we now as a people get drawn in to that promise. And then he gives a a glimpse at the beginning of the book, of how it will end and why we must have hope. It says, Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see, even those who pierced him, and all the peoples on the earth will mourn. So shall it be, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Rest assured, God is eternal. Not rome as the original audience would have been under at that time not any ruling government or current oppressor god is eternal and his church continues forever and ever this is the one thing that will remain rest assured god is almighty rest assured because god is coming verse 7 kind of joins together two Old Testament prophecies as well from Daniel and Zechariah, which was written in the context uh, of a prophecy about the defeat of Israel's enemies. But John here has added the words, every eye and all peoples, to show that Zechariah was looking beyond Israel to the final vindication of God's global people. At this time, John wrote, it might have felt like that the original audience of the Christians in that time had back to losing sight. And evidence to us today might suggest the same thing. We might just be better off becoming like the world and its seductions that are all around. But this is why this opening is so important. Because God is declaring Jesus to be ruler of rulers, king of kings, and that we will see him when he returns. And one day every eye will see and every knee will bow when Jesus comes on the clouds. Now, let's move on. Let's go to verse nine. I, John, your brother, you're relieved you're sitting down for this, are you? I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, "Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches: to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyra, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea." I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. double-edged sword and his face was shot was like the sun shining in all its brilliance when I saw him I fell at his feet as though dead and then he placed his right hand on me and said do not be afraid I am the first and the last I am the living one I was dead now look I'm alive forever and ever I hold the keys of death and Hades write therefore what you have seen What is now and what will take place later? The mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Well, we read this and we establish that this, again, is a letter to the seven churches. From the triune God, Father, Son and Spirit. He tells us, John, how he received this vision. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. This must mean he was committed to and yielded to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit who brings the reality of God's presence to us. When we're giving ourselves to him, he will speak. it's much more than just being open. You hear people say, well, yeah, I'm open to, to, to God moving. I, I'm, I'm open to someone inviting me around for lunch with my family, but that doesn't mean it will happen. No, I want to actively pursue the Holy Spirit and his gifts. Yeah. You are free to welcome us around for lunch by the way. <laughs> uh, not only was John filled with the Spirit, He was filled with the word of God. And this is who we should be, a people of word and spirit. Not all word and no spirit and not all spirit and no word. We need a a balance of that. And this is important in John's vision because it has that strong flavour of Ezekiel and Zechariah, which is helpful for us to remember today when any vision or prophetic word is brought, that it is rooted in the spirit and in the word. John hears the voice speaking to him. And he he turns and sees, what's the first thing he sees? The seven lampstands. He doesn't see someone speaking, first of all. He sees the lampstands, meaning the churches. And when looking at these lampstands and churches, he sees in the midst of it all, one like a son of man very daniel-esque it's interesting that john sees the church before he sees jesus it's very much like that today actually people will see the church often but not always people will see the church first before they see jesus and the window into the reality of jesus christ uh, is through the church through a loving people witnessing To his death and resurrection and isn't it encouraging in the midst of the church of the churches is one of human appearance but also one that we should be in awe of Mm -hmm. our heart for uh, us as we go through this is that we see how big he is how in awe of him we should be he is mighty he is wonderful he is far bigger than anything that's going on in your life right now. And when we get this eternal perspective of who he is and how big he is, it, it helps kind of sort all these other things out. I'm not saying it's completely and it's a walk in the park. But when we see Jesus, it helps us. Yes. This is my temporary home. Yes. Yes. We have this powerful description in... Uh, Revelation 1 of the risen, ascended Christ in his majesty and glory. And we see these seven descriptions. The vision sort of sees Jesus uh, in, in all, and then it kind of pans down from head to toe. Firstly, we see him clothed in a long robe with a golden sash. This speaks of royalty and priesthood. He is, of course, our great high priest. He is ever-living and interceding for us and empathising with us, feeling our pain and weakness, having gone through every human trial imaginable. And here he is now, glorified at the right hand of the Father. His hair, the hairs of his head were white, like wool, like snow, speaking of his absolute purity and maturity. It's primarily an allusion to the Ancient of Days in Daniel 7. Night, did you notice the Psalms this morning? Revealing Jesus to be the God of the Old Testament. The ancient of days sits as judge in a courtroom in Daniel 7:10. And in here we see Christ's eyes are bla- blazing like flaming fire, penetrating people's hearts. A fire in the Bible often means holiness or purity. His feet were burnished bronze. Again, like the ancient of days, his glowing feet probably denote a um, purity of his judgments. It's also worthy of note that bronze is brighter when it's taken through the fire. Could it also be that when Jesus' church is taken through fiery trials, it shines even brighter? We are often described as Jesus' hands and feet. Well... When we think of that, just remember what happened to Jesus' hands and feet. His voice, like the roar of many waters. Have you ever been next to a roaring waterfall? Ever been to Victoria Falls, Dr. Anne, Niagara Falls? It's, it's loud, isn't it? It's loud, it's roaring, it, it's awe-inspiring. It's the same when Jesus speaks, we listen. We should be in awe. Throughout scripture, the voice of God has this sense of overwhelming, overwhelming power. Verse 10, it was like a trumpet blast. There's a a powerful sound in Psalm 93 of his voice. And when the glory of God returned to the temple in Ezekiel, it says it was like the sound of many waters. Isaiah talked about people who trembled at the words of God. When Jesus spoke, people fell down in wonder. Do you remember Andre speaking about when Jesus got arrested when we were in our Luke series? The guards fell down. It was powerful. And then we see in his right hand, he's holding seven stars and from his mouth, a sharp two-edged sword. We find out later on the stars of the seven messengers of the churches. The two-edged sword is the word of God to judge and to save. It's like the double-edged sword in Hebrews 4, 12, which is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, joint and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's what the word of God does. The word of God is powerful. It fulfills Old Testament prophecy where the future ruler from the line of, King of da- the King of David is promised in Isaiah. And in Isaiah 11, he says, he will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and slay the wicked with the breath of his lips. Isaiah 49.2 said, God will show his glory through his servant whose mouth is like a sharp sword. Mm-hmm. you see how it's just constantly arching back Revelation back into the Old Testament. His weapon is his word and that's all he needs. He doesn't need a sword in his hand like an earthly ruler. His sword is in his mouth. He comes to bring judgment but blessing and hope and restoration. His word is all he needs and friends, it's all we need. Find yourself struggling in Christian life? Often described as valleys and peaks and troughs valleys and mountaintops well, I wonder how you're getting on reading the word of God is it a first priority to you how many hours do we waste watching pointless things on this small screen in front of us let the word of God penetrate your soul, let it challenge your behaviour and attitude his face is shining as well like the sun his face is shining like the sun in full strength speaks as well of the glory reflected on moses face when he came down from talking to god on mount sinai or jesus at the transfiguration the awesomeness of this vision we see in verse 17 overwhelms john and he falls at his feet as though dead fear though gives way to faith as Jesus speaks words of reassurance. He's the first and the last. Jesus had the first word in history when God spoke the world into being and that word is Jesus. And Jesus will have the last word because he is before all human authority And he will outlast them all. It is Jesus that holds the key to death and Hades. Jesus has power over humanity's worst and last enemy, death. He has the keys to open and shut. To allow people into glory or for those unredeemed into hell. He is just and he will do what is right. This would have meant a huge amount to John's readers. Because death was the worst threat that a regime could have over them and over us. But it is of no threat to us because even if we were locked out in the prison of death, Jesus has the keys to let us out again. And it's reassuring to know that He knows the number of our days. It's a great comfort to the bereaved, even when death is premature. He is the Lord of glory. He is the great I am, the sovereign king of heaven who has borne the pain of the sins of the whole world. And he has conquered death. He is the one in control. He is the one that all history is headed towards. He is alive and forevermore. I wonder what in your life or in our lives now it's going to last forever more what decisions are you making that are not building for eternity are you aware of the spiritual battle that is going on right now peter tells us to be aware to be awake One peter 4 7 says the end of all things is at hand therefore be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. That's sobering. Be sober-minded and self-controlled. Don't be sucked into what the rest of the world is doing. Or what everyone around you is doing. That's very hard for, for young people. I know what it's like, I've got children, and we are, and, and I vaguely remember. Uh, being young and you you just want to fit in you want to be like the world around you it could be a generational thing but we do waste lots of time watching this small screen in front of us and we think we have control of it but in reality probably most of us don't you can just watch loads of TikTok videos or Facebook stories or Instagram stories just a side note here. If you're over 30 and you have TikTok, then you should probably speak to Jesus about that. Um, yeah. We should let this revelation study stir our hearts and our affections for Jesus. That it would shake us out of our behaviour that means we're just living for this short time on earth. Yeah. Yeah. You will waste your life if you spend your time trying to be like everyone else. What everyone else is doing. The enemy is trying to lull us into this False sense of security and oh you're safe. That's what we want to be, is we want to be safe. Wants to send you to sleep with the worries of this world. Wants to send you to sleep by watching box set after box set. Watching TV, wasting time on social media. I'm not completely anti, by the way, I do I am on some social media, but it, it can control us. We can be lulled in by the worries of today about obsession with money, or health, or education, or success. Don't just go with the flow, go with the flow. Don't go with the flow, lose your life. Lose your life and then you will find it. Lose your life to Christ, you will truly find it. Use what is left of your life to warn the younger generation and send them into the world full of the Holy Spirit and full of the Gospel. Stop pursuing a long, comfortable life. I'm speaking to myself as well here, by the way. Stop pursuing a long, comfortable life because you were meant, we were meant, God's people, for more than that. Yes, right. How would you respond if you saw Jesus? This awesome vision that we've had in Revelation 1. Well, I've got some questions for him. No, no. You will be on your face. We would fall face down like John. Church family, we believe in eternity. Let's live like we're going there. Does what you believe about eternity match up with how you're living your life now? If you fear Jesus, you don't need to fear anything else. Yeah. And this gives meaning and purpose to our lives now, right now. What happens now affects the next bit. Your life can count for all eternity. You can have an impact now that will have ripples for all eternity. Do you know someone who's made a difference and who's had whose life Will affect all of eternity. My dear friend Anne Newing, she's she spent her life trying to pray for, speak to, and lead other people to Jesus. Yes. She's prayed for people for years, spoken to them about Jesus, led people into the kingdom. Yes. Anne Newing's life will affect eternity. Amen. There'll be ripp- and Newing ripples yes. going on yes. forever yes. and ever. Yes. Yes. This is your call to get involved. Yeah. This is our call. This call never ceases, this side of eternity. This side of the grave, the good works that he has prepared in advance for you never cease this side of eternity. Yeah. Well, I'm retired, I want to enjoy my No, he has prepared good works. Well, I'm getting too old. No, he's prepared good works for you. I'm too young. No, he's prepared good works for you. Now is the call. Now is the time. We are part of a priestly kingdom. Our call is to worship this awesome God. This Jesus, the one whose face shines brighter than the sun. And to bring people to him, introduce people to Jesus. Remember, he saw the churches and within it was the Son of Man. That's what our job is, bring people to him, worship him, honour our lives with him. Jesus said this, whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will keep it. So church, let our prayer be today, awake, oh our souls, awake and jump into the battle. Live like you're headed to heaven, not like it all ends here. Live your life as an act of worship. Live our lives like we truly believe what it says in this book. When you see in the word, people who have been saved and filled with the spirit, they they don't have to be cajoled into doing anything. They don't have to be cajoled to go and speak to people. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about him. Let's have that vision in mind of that big Jesus. The one whose face shines like the sun, the one who's pure, the one who's priestly, the one who's royal. It's all heading towards that. Your life, whether you like it or not, you're heading towards meeting Jesus. Yeah. 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 What will it be like when we meet him face to face? What will it be like? We will be changed in a moment, it says. Yeah. 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 We will be like him. We will see him why we stand. And let's just have this in mind. I feel like this is a time now where we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. And this, we're going to just sing a song actually. The band aren't going to come up for this. The words will appear on the screen. But I just want to pray that God will speak to us. Why don't you just close your eyes, just still yourself before him. Just imagine and think about that day. We are all headed to that day. And as the worship starts, just ask him to speak to you. Ask him what you need to cut out of your life. Where is he calling you to? What's he calling you to do? Who's he calling you to speak to? Where's he asking you to serve? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing soul and spirit, (laughs) joint and marrow. Oh Lord, will you come and pierce our souls again today? Freshly reveal yourself now. Thank you, Jesus.